Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, Inspiring People and Places, we are back with a fun interview today. A self-proclaimed word nerd, Holly Bolton, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Just so everybody knows, Holly really is the marketing side of the professional services or the AEC industry. So we're going we're gonna to dig into all of the things that she's involved in and Obviously, we always start with the career path that's that's led her to where she's at today. So, Holly, give us the elevator pitch of kind of the two hats I think you wear uh, right now, and then we'll go back in time to how we got here. Yeah, sure thing. Well, so it's funny when you talk to people who do marketing in the architecture, engineering, and construction space, a lot of us kind of took an unexpected route, or some of us didn't even know that this opportunity existed before we became marketers, specifically for professional services in, in AEC. And so that was the case with me. I went to college and studied PR, public relations, kind of anything that had to do with communication or writing I was really interested in. It's a you know, first-generation college student, went to school at the university where my, where my mom worked as a secretary, so was able to benefit from that. And had a great experience, but all of the things that, that I learned in my coursework were focused more on product marketing. We talked a little bit about business to business or B2B marketing, but not specific to professional services, you know, people helping people and delivering architecture, engineering, construction. And so after I graduated college, I applied, I was applying a lot of public relations and advertising agencies. And on a whim, I just put my resume on the career services webpage of my alma mater, University of Central Missouri, and someone happened to be looking for a marketing coordinator who worked for a transportation engineering firm. And she came across my resume. And the reason it stuck out for her is I worked all through college and most of high school. And my past, last two years of college, I worked for a newspaper and it was a very small newspaper. So as a result, I did a lot of things. So wrote articles, sold ads, designed ads, laid out the paper, took photos. And so all of that under a deadline, right? Because we had to get everything done in time for the printing deadline. And so that really caught my boss, at the, my eventual boss's eye. And she said, you can write, you know graphic design, you're used to working on deadlines and juggling a lot of different tasks. So I was introduced to the AEC industry at that point, really had no idea, you know, the internet was around, but it wasn't so sophisticated that I could Google what is transportation engineering and, <laughs> and get a response, right? So I joined, joined the industry, figured it out, but really my SMPS path, Society for Marketing Professional Services, really sort of paralleled that career path because the woman who hired me at the transportation engineering firm couple of weeks in on the job, she said, hey, you seem like a joiner because I was involved <laughs> in different things. Yeah. So I was president of my PRSA chapter in college, Public Relations Student Society of America. And so she said, do you want to belong to this association? And I said, sure, sign me up. 
And so they, the, a member of the board of directors for the Kansas City chapter where I was working at the time reached out and encouraged me to get involved on a committee, wanted to learn more about my path. And I realized there's a whole association of people who focus solely on professional services marketing, specifically architecture, engineering, and construction and related companies. And so it was really fun to kind of find fellow folks that I could relate to because we have a lot of similar challenges and similar opportunities and have just continued to stay involved in that. I was involved in the chapter level, the regional level, and now I'm president of the overall society. So it's really done a lot for me. It's taught me a lot of lessons about leadership that I've been able to apply as I've moved through firms. So I started at a large transportation engineering firm, and then my husband's job moved us to Indianapolis, and I started working at an A&E firm that's medium-sized. I was there for a while doing corporate communications and public relations, which I really loved. But then I had the opportunity to start a marketing department and move from a specialist to more of a generalist by working for a structural engineering firm. That was the only service that they provided. And so I was a department of one and I did marketing and business development. But I always kind of missed that communications piece. And I started my firm as sort of a, a side gig at first, but quickly got busy. And now I've been doing that full time for seven years. And tell so it's three chord marketing, right? Yes. Tell us all of the things that three chord marketing does and who do you do it for? Sure. Well, so I help design and construction firms understand their audience and connect with their audiences through the power of story. And so what that looks like, there's basically three components. So the the three chord in the company name is a bit symbolic, but also I like the power of three. There's a lot of a lot of benefit in that. Uh, the first step or the first phase of work that I do is understanding. So understanding your audience and then understanding your firm. What are your aspirations and what is the brand perception? So I do things like client perception studies, facilitating planning sessions to really uncover those things and identify gaps. And then the next phase is deciding. So this is where you get strategic and say, out of everything you could communicate and everything you should communicate, or out of everything you could communicate, I'll restate that. Out of everything you could communicate, what should you communicate and how? And so knowing that, coming up with those brand messages, that plan, then the third phase is create. So that's when you create the content. So by saying storytelling, it might look like thought leadership, articles, blogs. It could look like the content that's on your website. It could look like a variety of communication tactics. So it's really that three phase. It's kind of like the design phase. You know, you start with understanding your client and your user and what they need. Then you decide, you know, what's what's the structure going to look like? What materials are we going to use? What's the plan? And then you build. And so I really focus more on the awareness building because I found that a lot of times internally with firms, their marketing teams are focused on the pursuit project process because of the deadline-driven nature of that. So some of the awareness building things kind of get put to the back burner for when they have time, but that's really where you can differentiate yourself and increase your chances of actually winning in the future. So it's been a nice little niche that I've been able to carve out, building on actually my public relations degree and my, my love for creative writing 
and my love for the industry. Who are your clients and how many clients do you take on at any one time? It's kind of a, a handful of clients and I've got a couple of different approaches. I have a couple of clients that are like retaining retainer type clients that I work with on a regular basis. And then I'll have special projects that come up. So as an example, I recently worked with a firm on an award submission, like content for that. So that's very tactical. It's part of that creation phase. Another firm I'm working with to do a client perception survey for, for them. So those are, those are initiatives that have a start and a stop date. Yeah. So usually I can, I can handle probably five to 10 clients, depending on what's going on. It's a really big project, but it all, it's a, a bit of a juggle or a dance, you know, depending on, on what's going on there. So it's given me a lot of empathy for my fellow architects and engineers <laughs> that are balancing billable work and balancing different deadlines. So it's, it's been good, but it keeps me engaged. So who I work with, really focusing in on the AEC industry. I work with architects, interior designers, engineers of all disciplines, general contractors and, and construction management firms, specialty contractors. I've got a business furniture company, and I've done a few things with associations as well. So it really kind of runs the gamut, but really focused in on the industry that I grew up in. Yeah. You talked about balancing and I want to dig in a little bit to balancing your private sector business hat and your nonprofit volunteer hat. And because you're now the president of the entire society, correct? Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work to, to put on volunteer events and to run a volunteer leadership position. I talk a lot on the, on the show and with our guests about the power of volunteering to get more reps and to get more experiences and to lead things. Talk to us about you know, how you've been able to juggle that and, and maybe, maybe give the pitch for other people out there looking at SMPS as, as a path to, to kind of broaden their network and, and evolve their skills. Yeah. Well, it's a good question and it's always a challenge, you know, and I've heard this, this phrase used before and I, I use it as well where it's not necessarily being able to find a balance, but it's it's trying to integrate things in a way that's healthy and and so I like to to take a couple of approaches because I am a little bit guilty of being the person that's like, oh yeah, you want me to do that? Okay, yeah, that sounds fun. We'll do that. And then I'm just working and busy, and it's hard to to, to have those boundaries. But one thing is for for SPS involvement when you talked about the value of volunteering is really acknowledging and being grateful for those intersections. So when we talk about leadership lessons, I mean, I think about as a joiner, when I was involved in things, when I was in high school and college, leadership, the lessons I got related to that were more about service and excellence. It wasn't as much about empowering other people until I moved into my career more. So SMPS was a great way for me to build my leadership skills and learn all kinds of things in a relatively low risk environment, right? It's a volunteer. So you can take some, some chances there with guardrails, of course. But I just think about when I was president of my own chapter here in Indiana, I was pretty young president and hadn't managed anyone yet on the job. And all of a sudden I was managing committees. I was managing teams. So one of my top strengths is maximizer. So I'm just like, okay, we're going to do all of these things, right? 
But then you have to step back and say, okay, what are the most important things that we do? How do we set some goals and then execute on them really well? And I think that's the same process that you can take with your firm in terms of strategic planning and making choices. The other thing is empowering other people to lead because many hands lighten the load. So I don't have to do everything. And I used to feel like as the leader, I would manage things and then delegate tasks, which does not save you any time, right? It's like, let's instead empower people to own initiatives, be a resource for them as needed, provide that guidance and direction, but allow them to do it their way. And they're going to do it differently than, than you will. And that's okay, right? So learning some of those lessons, it was really important then when I became responsible for managing somebody at my firm, just like a year or two later, is I could apply those things. You know, I'd gone through putting a budget together for my chapter. So I then was responsible for putting a budget together for a department. And I've already kind of gone down that road. And so looking for those intersections and really appreciating them, trying not to take on too much and really relying on your team to help pursue those collective goals together. That's great. For those who may not be as familiar with SMPS, talk to us about the structure and what does SMPS provide and do? Right. Well, so SMPS, it's really exciting because we are celebrating our 50th anniversary this year as an, as an association. And so in our industry, a lot of people might remember that in the 70s, the idea of marketing and sales was really either looked down upon or not even allowed, you know, depending on, on the discipline. And so it was a really new profession and SMPS was there at the beginning. So the, the story goes, there was an AIA event going on and there was a gentleman, Weld Cox, who was really a pioneer of professional services marketing. And he was giving an AIA session about build marketing professional services. And at one point he said, you know, how many people in here are not practicing architects or registered architects? And a few people kind of raised their hand and they all kind of looked at each other and said, hey, let's meet up later and talk. And so they realized they were all in this role of building business for their firms. So let's come together and help each other and support each other on that. Because, you know, like I said earlier, the value of teamwork, right? Uh, more hands lighten the load, but also more brains makes things better and you can share ideas and share challenges and just support each other. And so, so the association was born in 1973 with that philosophy and that spirit. And I think it's really stood the test of time. SMPS members are willing to, to pick up the phone and help each other. Like when I moved from Kansas City to Indianapolis, I called my SMPS chapter that I'd be joining in Indiana and asked about job opportunities. So it's really been great. But it's the only professional services for professional services. Let me restate that. It's the only association that's really focused on marketing and business development specific to the architecture, engineering, and construction industries. And uh, so that's really a benefit. We have a lot of great content out there. We've got a certification program. And our vision is really business transformed through marketing leadership, because we realize that marketing is forward thinking, it's visionary, it's strategic. And so really valuing that and the role that marketing, both as a function and as professionals, we can help our firms move into the future. So we have 7,500 members and chapters across the U.S. and one in Canada. We have a staff in 
Alexandria, Virginia that supports us and chapter boards all over. And then our society board, which is seven people. And then we also have a foundation, the SNPS Foundation, that focuses on research and scholarships. Very cool. And how does somebody join? You just sign up? Yeah, you can join. You can go to the website, sign up, and it gives you access to the network, the, the membership directory, resources, and then finding your local chapter and seeing what events and programs they put on. There are events at the chapter level locally, and then we also have events like our Amplify Conference, Amplify AEC, that's happening in Austin in August. There's a lot of alliteration there, but <laughs> and last so, year it was a marketing Atlanta. technique, <laughs> right? Yeah, but that 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 alliteration streak will end soon. But yeah, it's it, it's an annual conference that I really look forward to. I just I love to connect with other marketing professionals from all over and just continually learn. And that's really a big piece of our mission is leadership and lifelong learning because we know, you know, we always need to be learning and building on our education. That's awesome. I want I want to highlight this to everybody. Engineers, you're always doing continuing ed. Engineers, architects, we have those requirements. SMPS allows our marketers and business developers to go continue to evolve with the marketing trends, to network with other firms who are making the decisions of who's putting on teams and how proposals are getting out the door. So I, I think that it's critical that we continue to invest in our marketing departments and agree 100% with Holly that marketing is strategy, marketing is vision, and it is the future of a lot of our companies. And all you marketers out there, use SMPS to help you know develop yourself and, and to figure out what you know, best practices are going on out there and, and continue to build your networks. Holly, one more question before we go into kind of our, our rapid fire questions. How I, I've heard that conferences are down in attendance, COVID kind of knocked the wind out of a lot of sales. Any, any concerns about that or, or any comment on why that is and what you're doing to, to try and bring people back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's definitely just an observation that COVID changed everything, right? There, there were so many habits and routines that we had that just got disrupted. And so I think that for associations, a big thing is, you know, making an experience that where you really leverage that in-person energy to, to attract people to that. The good news is if I could find some wood to knock on right now, we're we're doing better with with our conference registrations this year than we did last year. We're Great. we're on a, a much better pace for that. You know, I do think there still was some trepidation last year with with some things, but I feel like people are getting out more with that. But it just it, it really calls for people to be purposeful and to differentiate themselves as it relates to having people attend and also, you know, meeting people where they are and expanding some of your options to cover that. I mean, we got better at online learning. Just remember the days of like WebEx and webinars and things like that. And now we can do so many things over Zoom, which is great. But there's also just something about that in-person energy that you really can't duplicate on a screen. So I, I hope to see more people out, out and about and to support each other and build those relationships. I couldn't agree more that nothing, nothing beats breaking bread. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE-verified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. 
We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. So, speaking of breaking bread, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Mm, this is these are challenging questions. I'm just gonna say anything <laughs> that's like pick three, pick one person, or pick three people. And so, I think with with the three people, I would probably selfishly pick people that uh, that align with some of my interests outside of work and creative pursuits, because I feel like those things benefit you on so many levels, right? The more things you experience, the more reference points your brain has to connect to and things that can benefit you on the job as well. So I think about people like people that have to do with writing, music, humor, and also nature. So my husband and I are on a quest to visit all the national parks in the U.S. We have been doing this since 2008, and we just went to our 52nd park. So we're wow. making tracks. Yeah, You are. Yeah. So although I just saw something where a grandma and her grandson just visited all the parks, which is amazing. Like, I, it's really cool to see people following that quest. But, you know, John Muir is considered the father of our U.S. national parks, I think it'd be really interesting to have a chat with him and tap into that knowledge, maybe go on a hike together and, and pick up on some survivalist techniques or something. <laughs> so that would be one. The other person that was someone that we lost over the past couple of years, but I, I think it would be really cool to hang out with Betty White mm. and just get a class from her on humor and some of the pioneering things that she did because she just has this presence that makes her a national treasure, you know, kind of like Dolly Parton. It's like that. It's like those are. I just think of of those individuals who are like these strong women and very authentic and fun and talented. And then the other one I was thinking about, and I I really don't have a. I'm not a big favorites person, like like I kind of alluded to earlier. So I don't really have like a famous or a favorite author. But I've learned more and more about. Kurt Vonnegut living in Indianapolis. And his grandpa had an architecture firm that designed the Athenaeum in Indianapolis. And they have a beer garden there. So I would say we would go to the beer garden, hang out in there, and maybe have him critique some of my writing because I, I like to write. And I think that he's just an interesting guy. And so th those would be three. But, but if, if you, I could probably come up with 20 people if we kept <laughs> talking. So that's a little, just a slice. I like it. And, and I love the diversity. As the word nerd, <laughs> next question is favorite quote. So I've got a couple. And one of I'm them all right is, with a couple. You yeah, don't have to okay. I'll, I'll, sh I'll share three. Okay. <laughs> I'm going back to the number three, like I said earlier. So I love the quote by Maya Angelou, civil rights activist, poet, author, which is, I've learned that people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And so I really like that one because I think about how, you know, we're only on this earth for a short period of time. How are we impacting other people and how are we being showing kindness to them? The other one is kind of related. It's empathy related, which is Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. 
who says seek first to understand and then be understood. And I think that that applies to so many things. So many things. <laughs> so many things. Just think about just some of the challenging divisions right now and different conversations. And it's like, if we just really tried to have some empathy and, and be curious, really be curious about, well, why might that be? And what else could I look at this from a different perspective and really understand someone? It's also super relevant to marketing, right? That's the first step. Totally. Of, of anything is understanding your audience, understanding Listen. your client. Yeah. So just applying that both ways. And then the other thing kind of relates to what I was talking about related to looking for the intersections. And that's Leonardo da Vinci who said, learn how to see and realize that everything connects to everything else. So just the interconnectivity of, of what you're doing and how could it influence something else down the road, connections mm. that you probably aren't going to be aware of until, you know, 10 10 years down the future, maybe somebody you met or something that you did that will come back and, uh, and impact you at a later date. That's great. Do, do we have a must read book or three must read? Books? <laughs> maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I love to read and again, you know, not a, not a huge favorites person, but one thing that I've been really interested in lately, and it kind of relates to the empathy idea or seek to understand is about 10 years ago, I think, I read this book called You Are Not So Smart by David McRaney. And it has a really long subtitle that I can't remember. But then he has another follow-up book called You Are Now Less Dumb. <laughs> but it's about like psychology, basically, and why we do the things we do, right? Unconscious biases, influences. And after I read that book, it, it actually inspired some research that the SNPS Foundation did that is about the neuropsychology or neuroscience of selling by John Robert Tartaglioni from Influence 151. And so he wrote this white paper that has different examples of influence and it's all based on neuroscience. And so I've kind of followed that track. And right now I'm reading a book called What Your Customer Wants and Can't Tell You by Melina Palmer. And she's actually got a cool podcast called Brainy Business that I've listened to one of her episodes so far, but, but that's a good one. And then I think just this, I'm getting into like more than three, I think, but it's all um, right. <laughs> I, we're all, we're all continuous learners. It is. And I'm, I'm the type of person I kid you not BJ. The other day I heard a, a very loud crash coming from a closet where I have a shelf with books on it. And there were so many books on there that it came crashing down. Uh. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very guilty of having Packages arrive at my doorstep, but and also going to the library and downloading things on my phone. So it's it, it is something that I really enjoy doing. Is Maximizer. Reading. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> but the last one I would just say, and it, it's all kind of in that theme, but it's the person you mean to be by Dolly Chug. And it's how good how good people fight bias. And so again, mm. it has to do with psychology, neuroscience. But it's related to really how do you be a better person every day? Like, how do you be on that path to understand people, to overcome those unconscious biases that can be harmful? That's and great. so that I think that one's a really good one. All of them are good. Some are more business focused than others, but just really understanding how our brain works and how sometimes it works against us is important in life in general and then also in business. Yeah. I have to comment professional services. A lot of time we're selling people 
and yes. people need to understand people and people need to be connected to people. So you got to understand the human experience. And I, I agree with all of your, your comments around empathy and seeking first to understand. Before I go to the next question, the thought popped in my head. You said you've done 52 of the national parks? Yes. What's the total? How many are there? There, Okay, there are 63 that have national park in the name. Wow, you're However, close. Yeah, so that's my checklist. And I, I've told this, there's a lot of dots I can connect between the national park experience and setting goals in life. And so one of the things is, you know, set smart goals. So if you if you look at the total number of parks that are national park managed by the US National Park Service, the number is like over 400. So there's national monuments, there's lots of other places, but to keep it manageable and and attainable, which is the A in smart for smart goals, we are like, okay, 63 is our checklist. Now, when we started the quest, there were 59, but different administrations have have added national parks. So the list has grown and I think it might continue to grow. I think there's a couple of of ones on the docket that might get turned into parks, but it's really fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it's something my husband and I both love to do. And we have to experience the parks. Don't just drive up and be like, okay, we saw the sign. We're good. Let's go. Right. You know, have we took the, lunch. we took the selfie. <laughs> Exactly. The sign selfie. We have to hike, kayak, snorkel, do all the things. That's great. That's fun. Uh, now I'm kind of inspired to to look into the parks now and take my family. Yeah. I'd ask you if you have a favorite, but I know you don't. You love them all. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've got like a top five. I will say that I think one of the coolest things I did, though, was hike up Half Dome in Yosemite. So a lot of my favorites are related to, to experiences that we had. And, and so, yeah, I've got sort of a top five, but Yosemite's up there to high calf dome. You have to be selected from a lottery Oh, really? and there's a pretty, it's a tough hike in general, but to go up the, the structure or the monolith at the end, you have to hold on to some cables because the angle's so steep and steep. it's just not safe oh. if too many people are on there. So, so it kind of, gives you a feeling of accomplishment when you're done and it's, it's hard. It's a little scary. So I think that was probably one of my top, but yeah, I've, I've basically got a top five list. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Words. What do you want on your tombstone? How do you want to be remembered? So I think with that, I, I think a lot about, again, metaphor of hiking and this idea of, of leaving no trace or leaving things better than you found it. I would like to know that I left things better than I found it, you know, in, in whatever that way was, or that I, you know, encouraged people to enjoy life and to enjoy each other. Because again, we're here on this earth for a limited time. How can we make the most of it? How can we build those relationships and just work to make things better for the next generation? So something like that, but way pared down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, close us out. What what inspiration or advice do you have to the audience, which ranges from junior engineers and marketers up to senior executives and public and private sector? So what advice would you like to share? Well, I would just share, well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you. Thank you for everything that, that this audience does because 
you know, those of us who are in this space of the built natural environment, it is just really cool to see the impact that we can have on people. And so everyone that is in that space that's creating these environments that shape our lives, it's it's an awesome thing. And it's something that I really wasn't aware of when I was younger, you know, because I just didn't get it. But that's one of the many reasons I'm grateful to be in this industry. And so I think that knowing that we're all looking at how to make the world a better place and how to create these spaces for people is really, again, to have that empathy for one another. You know, I talked about how specifically for SMPS, you know, we, we started from a group of people that came together and realized, hey, we're kind of the outliers in our firm. How can we help each other be successful? And marketing used to be considered you know, like I said, a, a little bit just didn't have a great perception, you know, and I feel like sometimes it's we've gotten so much better with that. But sometimes it can it can feel challenging, you know, for, as a marketer in an industry where it's like, OK, am I am I valued? Like, what's the perception? And so just knowing that that we're all in this together, we're all here to provide value to our communities, to our clients, to our project teams and to each other. So how can we work together and have empathy for one another to make the world a better place? Awesome. Holly, thank you so much for your time, for your commentary, uh, and for everything that you do at SMPS. I know how hard that volunteer work is and how important it is to keeping our industry going. Where can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Just Google Holly Bolton. I think the only other person that comes up uh, in the top Google searches is Michael Bolton's daughter, whose name is also Holly, I believe. But uh, but Google Holly Bolton and AEC and, and my LinkedIn profile will probably come up. So I would love to connect with folks that way. My website is linked from my profile. So it's three chord marketing uh, spelled out with, a let's see, I think there's a dash in there, but just go to LinkedIn and find it. <laughs> find well, it that way. We will get the right link or and put it in Google the show it. notes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. I was like, I have a couple different URLs and I can't remember which one has the has the hyphen in it and which one doesn't. But yeah, I would love to connect with people. And yeah, let me know if you have any questions about SMPS. It's a great organization. Our the SMPS staff is amazing. All the volunteers are great. And and we welcome everyone who's interested in building business for their companies, not just people that have marketing or business development in their title. So feel free to reach out in that way as well. Awesome. Holly, thank you so much. It was great, great talking with you. Great talking to you, BJ. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.